0: Hi, everybody. My name is Remy. Welcome to the For The Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to
1: crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, guys, this is Jen. Before we get started with our show today, I wanted to share something with you that could potentially change the way you look at meal planning. So if you're like me, trying to stick to healthier eating with my job and traveling and wrangling up food all the time for five kids whose tastes range from uh, hot dogs, that's my husband, um, to straight up vegan is a challenge. So I got my first Green Chef box sent straight to my door recently. And look, guys, I am a believer. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company. It matters to me. And their meal plans include paleo, which I chose and loved, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, LOL, and carnivore. So recipes are super quick and easy. Chef tips and photos, which I actually love, to guide you along. So everything's handpicked and delivered right to your door. And so this is how easy it is. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. So you can try Green Chef today and get $50 off your first box by going to greenchef.us. For the love, greenchef.us/slash for the love for fifty dollars off your first box. Okay, let's get into today's show. Hey guys, Jen Hatmaker here, host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome back to the show this week. I love having you here as always. We are having the best time in this series. Like I am all in. We are in the middle of For the Love of TV. Who doesn't love TV? You know that I love TV. I've talked about my shows with you for years. Um, And right now is a good time for TV. There's something for everyone these days. Everything is streaming. We can watch anything, anywhere, anytime, cable, Netflix, YouTube, uh, on our laptops, on our phones. It is just what a time to be alive. So you know this if you have been around me at all. But you know I think the world is of today's guest. I mean, this is my friend and she is so dear to me. There's just no bones about it. I am not impartial here and I am not trying to be. Um, every ounce of her is talent and light and beauty. She has a heart of gold, um, which I want you to know that about her. So I'm thrilled to talk with my wonderful friend, Kimberly Williams Paisley today. Of course, you know, Kim you know where from her absolute breakthrough role in 91, when she played Steve Martin and Diane Keaton's daughter in Father of the Bride, of course, Annie Banks, our beloved Annie Banks. Um and since, of course, Kim has worked on all kinds of TV and film projects. Um, she's had a very robust career. Um, you may know her husband too. He's doing all right in his genre. I think his career is probably gonna Get some traction any day now. She's married to country superstar Brad Paisley. And they have made two of the most adorable boys in the entire universe, Huck and Jasper. And I'm not kidding you about that. (laughs) These are two of the cutest kids you've ever seen. They live, of course, in Nashville. Um, Speaking of Nashville, do you remember when Kim played crazy Peggy Kinter in the TV show Nashville? I hope you watched Nashville. Oh, my gosh. We we watched it like our lives depend on it. Um, I never knew what Peggy was going to do next, but I knew it wasn't going to be good because she was so sneaky. Um, And it was fun to watch my friend play that role because she's so nice. And and Peggy was so bad. Um, Anyways... In addition to all of her acting, which we're going to talk about, um, she's a writer. Kim is a writer. In fact, two years ago, she wrote a New York Times bestselling book um, called Where the Light Gets In losing my mother only to find her again. And it was all about her mom, Linda, and her battle with Alzheimer's and the years of struggle that Kim's family went through as they cared for her and then ultimately lost her. It's, it's heartbreaking, it's funny, it's harrowing, it's warm, it's accessible. It made me feel all the feelings. We have had a lot of Alzheimer's in our family And so it was just so familiar and comforting. Um, She did a very masterful job telling that story. She is a beautiful writer. Um, Another thing that you're going to learn in this little chat of ours is Kim's heart for serving people. Um, we are going to talk about her work in the world and what she and Brad do together, what she and I have done together. We're going to tell you about our trip to Capitol Hill in July and fundraisers that she holds and work that she is doing. And she's got a whole new initiative that you are going to go crazy for. So I can't wait for you to hear more about that. So she's just so good and so dear. I'm so delighted to share this chat with you today. So without any further ado, please welcome actor... Author, philanthropist, and my friend, Kim William Paisley, to the show. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the For the Love podcast. I am so happy you're here. Hi. Hi, Jen Hatmaker. <laughs> we were just talking before we started recording about, like, what are you doing right this minute? And we are, <laughs> we are. I, we're we're twins. That's what we are. <laughs> I like, have my
0: hair in a bun on top of my yeah, head. Yeah, and same. It's, and it's dirty. Same. And, and we were talking about how we both are wearing glasses that are also dirty.
1: Also dirty. Yes, same. <laughs> and there's all, a sink pajamas. full of
0: yes pajamas, and there's a sink full of dishes downstairs that we're ignoring.
1: The dogs have been kicked out of the office because yes. they they bother the show. Yeah, I mean, this is all literally we are we are living same lives. Um, but so this is the great
0: thing about a podcast is you can do it anywhere.
1: Preach. I that is why that. this is my best thing that I do Fantastic. because it's in my office at my house yeah. and nobody can see me. Absolutely nobody. So <laughs> and that's I can the...
0: picture you. I can yeah, picture same. you pretty
1: well. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm so glad to have you on. I was telling you before that, you know, we are friends and Mike, my, my community has just been asking for you for so long. Like if you do not put him on the podcast, we are, we're going to like riot. And I so
0: love your community,
1: they love you too. Aww. And so thank you for coming on today. And it's perfect because we're in a series for the love of TV and this is your genre. Um, you have so much, you have so much. I mean we could talk for a million years about all you have seen and done and experienced in TV. It's like hilarious and fun. so obviously our listeners already know you, and I've told them a little bit more about kind of who you are. but let's if you would just for a just for a minute if we could kind of go back to little Kim mm-hmm. <laughs> um little Kim can what like will you tell everybody a little bit about where you grew up and who was in your family? what kind of a kid you were? like were you? Did your North Star like point this direction from from a young? Age.
0: It did. In fact, when I was, I think I remember being about five and putting on a show. My favorite thing was to put on a show in the living room. And my yes. my parents' poor friends, because I charged them, oh, yeah. I charged them money. <laughs> 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 they were That's stuck. So and I made them pay. I was a businesswoman from early oh, on. My gosh, and, um, it. and you know, we put on these, I'm sure they were lengthy shows <laughs> in the living oh, room yes. that were rehearsed like right before the performance. And, totally. and I was the oldest. Of, of three. So I have a younger brother, Jay and a younger yep. sister, Ashley. And yep. so I was the boss and the director and the star, by the way, <laughs> I had to star. Of course. And, um, you know, and then we'd go around and we'd, we'd collect, it was like, you know, five cents, 25 cents. I don't know, sure. but, but I loved performing at a young age <laughs> and I grew up in New York. My parents yep. were writers. They were not, they were not performers necessarily, right. but <clears throat> they supported my dream. And, uh, and when I was like 12 or 13, they let me start going into New York and auditioning. And I was also a ballerina. I love to perform and I I love doing dance and ballet. And so coincidentally, the first audition I ever had, I booked and it was for national dairy board. And I was a ballerina in the commercial and I was so excited. I bragged to everybody that I was in this commercial. I went, it was so much fun. I loved being on a set. And then I wound up getting cut out of the commercial.
1: <laughs> you did not.
0: Except for the bun on top of my head, not on like the one <laughs> I'm wearing right now. And my wrist that like, you yeah. know, my there's like a close up on my wrist doing a balletic oh move. Gosh. And my little toes that were on point at the time. And so I wound up getting paid Like it was, I was a principal in it and wound up getting residuals for years.
1: Are you serious? For
0: years of not getting cast in anything Uh else.
1: (laughs) For your bun and your toe.
0: And so it like, it paid for my headshots and it paid for those trips into Manhattan. And so, and then I didn't get anything for a really long time. But it was funny because I just loved doing it. I loved the business of it.
1: Yeah. I applaud your parents for, because it kind of, that, that was a little risky on their. Their part for sure we're going to send our our seventh grader into manhattan yeah um to audition for these things yeah. and maybe her heart is going to get crushed or you know that that was risky in more than one ways well, i love yeah. that they just let you go for it
0: by the way i i i look back now at what they actually let me do and i'm shocked they used <laughs> totally. to let me. they let me take the train into the city right. by myself I would probably And you're twelve, yes. right, you're thirteen. I would never I mean Huck's eleven. My oldest son's eleven. Yeah. I can't imagine in a year going into New York City, letting him letting him ride the train and the subway totally. Letting him just go do it, but that's it's it was a different time.
1: It honestly was a different time, and I love stories like that, like the the parents of the seventies and the eighties that we had and what they let yeah. us do. Go forward to the next part. So you're you're just a kid. You get your your semi ballerina commercial, yeah. Um, and so, like, kind of what happens next in your acting career because you're young. And everything is new and shiny. Like who is helping you? Who's representing you? What are the next things that you are auditioning for? And like, when does it catch traction?
0: Yeah. So, um, I got an agent. My first agent was the William Morris agency, which was really huge because I had a dear friend, um, Anna Holbrook who took some pictures of me. I just recently actually posted one of those. From when I was about thirteen, yeah, so and and I was such an awkward middle schooler. I hated middle school. I Mm. I actually broke out in hives every every time I went into the gym. I was just Mm. so uncomfortable in my own skin. And and, um, so bless her art, she took me into the backyard, put some makeup on. I'd never worn makeup. It was her makeup. She showed me what to do, and she took these pictures. And then she sent them to her agent at William Morris. And, uh, it turned out that that was too big of an agency for me and I, uh-huh. I kind of got lost there. Um, so it was, it was like a quick, a quick, uh, burst into like this high level place that I didn't need to be. So, um, uh-huh. I actually wound up going to a smaller agency a couple of years later called FBI frontier booking international in New York city. Uh-huh. I had a dear friend there who was my agent, a couple dear friends. I love the people there. Um, it was a very small agency and I would go in there and just hang out, you know, I'd have it, I'd have an audition and then I'd just go to the agency and hang out. It was, it was a great time. And of course, as we said, I was by myself half the time. Um, and I'd go after school if I had an audition. Um, So I got used to missing things in school a lot, you know, like I was on the soccer team, and I'd often have to miss practice and stuff like that. Um, But then when I was like a junior, I think it was a junior in high school or senior in high school, I booked an after school special. You remember those ABC after school specials?
1: Do I? Yes, of course. Okay, so
0: I did one called stood up. And okay. it was based on a true story about a girl who got stood up for the prom and oh, she no. sued her, uh, the guy that stood her up because she had paid for the dress. And of course there was emotional distress. Sure. And so I did not play her. I played Vanessa, the bad girl that stole the guy away.
1: Oh, you were mean. Yeah,
0: I was mean Vanessa. Mean
1: Vanessa. And I got to mm-hmm. ride on
0: a little motor scooter with, uh, with my boyfriend. Sure. And... Um, You know, I was terrible in it. I was so...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to look it up. Oh, I'm just dying to ke- just get one glimpse of it. Oh I'm Stood so up,
0: hilarious. Um, and uh, and but again, I had so much fun. Oh, and I also started booking commercials again. I started getting uh-huh. like now it wasn't it wasn't ballet and National Dairy Board. It was Clarasil. I literally did Clarasil StrideX OB tampons. <laughs> <laughs> I did all the uncomfortable <laughs> products. And, they, and the OB tampons oh. commercial is hysterical, and you can find that online. Oh, that was
1: thrilling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That so you're like pimples and periods. Yeah. Like this is your genre. That
0: was my, that was oh. my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um and, and then I went off to college. Um yep. and I went to Northwestern. Northwestern, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and I told my agent I was putting all of that stuff on hold. You know, love you dearly, but I'm gonna go learn how to actually act. And um, go into the hmm. theater program at Northwestern and get training and all of that. And that lasted about a year. And then I got Father the Bride <laughs> right out right, of well, that college. Worked out. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that did okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that did all right. So, uh, yeah. And then I went back back to school afterwards. And
1: um, Was that weird to go back to school? So weird. Yeah, I bet it was. I mean, were you like, why am I here? I just want to get out of here. Or did you, were you enjoying your classes or like a combination of both?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. It it was the first time that I really was there because I really wanted to be because there was mm-hmm. this whole other life for me now in, yeah. in California and, and plenty of people, by the way, who were saying, what are you doing? You should not be going back to school.
1: Sure. I'm sure um, they were.
0: And I went back cause I wanted to be there. I believed in what I was getting there and, um, and I wanted that experience. I knew that if I left, I would never have that time again. I could always go back mm-hmm. to school later as an older person, but I wouldn't have that time with my peers so, yeah. um, so I was so glad to do it. Um, but it was so weird going back and having the spotlight on me. And I remember, oh, I can imagine. Oh, I remember the, the worst review I ever got was for the second movie I did after Father the Bride. It was mm-hmm. called Indian Summer. And the worst review I ever got in my life was from my Northwestern newspaper. <laughs> and I was, yeah, yes. And I was sitting in the student center just like having a cup of coffee, opened up the little Northwestern Daily and, yes. and read it, you know, and felt like, oh my gosh, everyone's looking at me. Like it, it was really hard to go back and have that spotlight on huh? me, you know. Was that written
1: by a student? Yeah. You're just jealous. Yeah. <laughs> You're just jealous. I'm mad at that person. That I person know. is my enemy now. I know. I have I to d- let it go. I'm not. I will never let it go. Really? I'm mad forever. Did I just text you? I think I meant to, I meant to text you if I didn't. I literally just watched Indian Summer. Did I Are you Did serious? I? No. I meant to text you. We were watching Indian Summer and you're just such a fresh fresh face baby in it and I loved that movie. I loved it the first time it came out. Well, I love that cast. It's so campy. It gave me all these feelings of like nostalgia anyway. So you finished college? You you finish your degree there. Yeah. And then sort of like move forward into your twenties where I mean, you've just kind of had all kinds of stuff. You're, the the scope of your work is really broad and awesome, like TV and movies. And if none of that ever pans out, you can always just be in Brad's music videos. Yeah, That is a career path for you. <laughs> totally. Or
0: I can, like, summon my siblings back into my living room and order them around and put on shows for friends that come over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true. For a fee, of yes, course. Yes, of course. Um, So you've had some really long stints in TV. Um. According to Jim, mm-hmm. and then of course more recently mm-hmm. Nashville, mm-hmm. just enormous fan fave show for sure. Thank you. Um, I'm I I've seen you do all kinds of work. I've watched you in so many different things. Do you um do you enjoy acting in like in comedies or dramas more? Because you've done both.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, I love that I can do both. I love being able to go back and forth, and I I think there's nothing like. Being in a show that's funny and knowing it's funny, having fun doing it, and knowing that people are laughing—or like in, according to Jim, actually making people laugh and getting to feel the audience there. Oh yeah. Um, so some of my best moments as an actor are really like when I've been able to make people really laugh.
1: How did you manage that pace? Was that pace kind of at that point? Were you accustomed to it, ready for it, prepared for it? It was super
0: easy. Was uh, it? Yes, we used to doing a sitcom like that, a multi-cam sitcom is one of the easiest gigs in the business because you just go in and you rehearse for a couple days then on typically on Wednesday we would do a camera blocking day which would be a little bit longer. And then Thursday we'd pre-tape, but it was all very normal hours. It was like, you know, 10 to two and, uh, you know, nine to nine to four or whatever. And then on Friday night, then we do the show. We come in, we rehearse it. Like we come in at like noon. We rehearse Uh a little bit. We get a couple hours off. We relax and then we go do the show and, um, and yeah. I was so thankful for the writers cause they were, they were like magicians, you know, if something mm. wasn't working, they'd just get in their little group and then they'd come out and they'd, they'd read me a line and I would, they would make me look like the hero. Cause then on the next take, you know, it looks like I've just come up with it and it's oh, hilarious yeah. and it's so, I mean, it was really, it was a great ensemble and, um, and we had a lot of fun on that show. It lasted eight seasons. I left after seven, but
1: and that's really long. In yeah. TV world, yeah. that is a really great run. Yeah, um, was was it a sort of similar pa- pacing for Nashville, or was that one different?
0: No, Nashville's totally different because that mm. was um, that was single camera, and I've done I've done a number of single camera shows too, and it, mm-hmm. that's harder because the hours are insanely long, um, mm. and the hours on Nashville were really long, and there's a lot more waiting around and. Um, now the Hallmark movies that I've been doing, those are so fun, and that is a really well-oiled machine um, where we go in and we have to do a two-hour movie in three weeks.
1: Oh my gosh, it feels impossible. <laughs>
0: it's not. It's so fun because we're just running and gunning, and I I also love uh-huh. that style of like everybody's on, you know, all hands on deck. Let's do this, and you know how can we shoot this in the in the best possible way for efficiency and. You know, so we're making a good show, but at the same time, um, I'm able to have a life. And, um, yeah. so, so I love that for Nashville, we shot all over Nashville for the sitcom. We were in the studio, you know, and when we, when we left the studio, that was a big deal. It was a long day. And then, then oh, we were I more see. like a single camera show. But typically if you have a studio set up, then you can use more cameras and everything sort of presented like a play, as opposed to um, in a single camera show. You know, you can move all around the room, you can you can change direction, and um, you can go to different locations.
1: It was fun to watch you on Nashville cuz you're so in real life of course you are so warm and so dear and so approachable and friendly and it was fun to watch you be Peggy <laughs> somebody like that yeah. unpredictable and bad did yeah. you was that fun for you did you enjoy like stretching that muscle
0: I did. It was, yeah. it was fun to be the bad girl. It was fun being creepy and weird and, you know, doing the, like they had this pig's blood scene and, and of course, <laughs> I mean, I, this is what disappointed me. I'll be honest. Okay. This is what disappointed me is that Peggy had to get shot by accident in a parking lot. I really oh, wanted, yeah. and, and sorry for the spoiler if anyone's like binging it like, uh-huh. late, but, um, I really wanted to throw myself in front of Teddy to protect him. I thought that would be really beautiful if I Um, I went down a martyr and you know like just gave my life for his. How great would that have been? And they did you suggest it? I did, Mm. and they said no. We want you to just get shot by accident. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. Place at the wrong time.
1: <laughs> You're just gonna go out like that, and there's just we're not. It's not up for discussion. Yeah, no, and by the um, way, it's
0: really cold. If you get shot in in um in a TV show, it's the blood is really cold. And it was it was the middle of the night. It was like two in the morning. I remember Eric okay. Close and I were eating a bunch of M and M's and (laughs) like stress eating and um and then they had to put this like goopy wet stuff all over my chest and then the other hard part about dying on tv is that you can't breathe
1: i think about this all the time yes
0: it's stressful
1: (laughs) you have to to hold your breath right when the shot is kind of in on you yes
0: (laughs) and my eyes are closed so i can't tell what's happening and i and i can't shiver by the way because it's freezing i'm not allowed to shiver so that was that was the hard part about dying on tv
1: I'm really glad to hear that confirmed. I worry about the actors that are dead yeah. in the in the in the scene, mm-hmm. and that they're not breathing enough. And yeah. I look real hard at their chest to see if they've perfected some kind yes. of real shallow breathing. Yeah, or I'm just I never know, but, but I do worry. It's,
0: it's typically a pretty short shot. Like they, want, they don't so keep true. it on there for too long, you know. <laughs>
1: I will never, ever forget this. No. I will always be thinking about the goopy, cold, yes. non shivery, non breathing, living actor that's acting dead. <laughs> this, this is the stuff that I want to hear about this behind the scenes business. Were you sad to leave the show? Did, did you feel like I cannot help that after, but think after you've played a character that long, even a mean one, you're, you're connected to your character. You're connected certainly to your cast mm-hmm. um, and your coworkers. Or was it a good time to be done?
0: I think it was, Yeah. I mean, I loved working on a show that was in my hometown. That was so totally. nice to just get in the car and drive to work because typically I have to fly somewhere and be gone from right. my kids and, you know, work out all the details. So I loved being able to work in my town, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good run and I was only supposed to do like two episodes. So oh, seriously? I really, yeah, so I'd really milked it for all that I could and, um, you know, so it was okay. And I actually, you know, came away with some dear friends from the show. So, um, yeah, that's true. So I was glad to be a part of
1: it. So you mentioned it earlier, like you have, you've done like a super fun Christmas movie for Hallmark Channel and you've been in some Lifetime movies. And I like this because you get to kind of show your range with a variety of characters and the different types of acting i mean you've been an amish woman for crying out loud. yes <laughs> um, you have played an amish woman and amish grace mm-hmm. and so like i we you know this is just a fact we all love those channels we do mm-hmm. and when i sit down with one of those channels on if if i can manage it i will wake up like startle myself eight hours later, I'm still there. I've eaten two bags of potato chips. I've cried. I've got Kleenex next to me. Um, they're just so deliciously binge worthy. All of those. Are you, do you enjoy those spaces? Like those channels and those types of shows and movies? Well,
0: I don't typically watch, um, like I don't, typically have that on all the time we'll we'll binge like different (laughs) different series or whatever Uh so um but we do find ourselves really getting caught up in the hallmark christmas shows that's um, exactly it because they just get you in the mood for christmas You know, and they suck you in and you cannot, you can't let go.
1: (laughs) That is the thing. It's like some sort of voodoo. Yeah. Um, And you're like, you know what? I need to just see this through to see which of the pine tree workers she's going to end up with. Exactly. I have to know. Even though you
0: kind of know who it's going to be, you have to have it confirmed. I need
1: it confirmed and I just want to see it all the way through. That is exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So speaking of, um, binging, uh, we also do that too, Brandon and I, just like you Brad. Are you binging any shows right now? What are you watching? What are your shows right, right. now?
0: Well, Brad has been on me about watching Game of Thrones for okay. so long. Yeah. And for so long, I turned him down and I said, no, sir, that is <laughs> not for me. It's, it's too violent. Too I violent. Can't. Yeah, I can't. Right. And finally, finally, like three months ago, I was like, all right, fine. Okay, so,
1: <laughs> did you start from the beginning? Well,
0: of course, we did. Yeah, yeah, And um, and now we're like halfway through season five. Oh and I yeah, have you're to locked say, in. I have to say, it's a really good show. I get it. It I is. Get
1: it. I mean, you, it is violent. It's extremely um, violent. But I think that's one of the shows that gets for me progressively better. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like they run out of storylines and it starts getting so like weird and reachy. Yeah. But in that case, I felt like that. Either the cast or the writing kind of settled in
0: yeah, and
1: it got increased, but it is, I mean, it's, it's heavy.
0: It's heavy. What I love is watching it with Brad because first of all, there's so many characters and it's really hard to keep track of everybody. And so, Fact. so I'm like, okay, just pause it, explain what is happening, who, oh, yeah. who is this person, uh-huh. you know, and he'll, he'll go over it all again as he loves to do. <laughs> he loves watching it with me. It's so funny. And he's like the peanut gallery because he knows what's coming, but he'll sit right. there and he'll go, Oh, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> like, he wants me to know that that's not good. In case I had oh any, gosh, any question. Cute. Yeah, it's, it's oh adorable. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, we're really having a good time. But, I mean, how many hours have I spent now? Probably, what, like 40 hours already.
1: Oh, when you, when I mean. You think
0: about how much time you actually spend when you
1: binge something, it's scary it is because it it's so concentrated and i i just laugh all the time because when we are in the middle of a show like that too you know the the netflix will be like e- eventually are you are you still watching I'm yes. like yes <laughs> we are she what do you think we're doing out? here <laughs> like i didn't ask for your judgment just show us the next episode oh my um, gosh What else are you watching?
0: Um, Let's see. You said – you talked about the Upside Down earlier. Are you guys Stranger Things fans? So I I
1: need to be. That is the short answer. I need to be. right. Do you love it?
0: Love, 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 love Stranger Things
1: such a cute little i've seen the first two episodes so i know enough to know that there's mm-hmm. some really great stuff going on in it's there so
0: awesome yeah so those are pretty dark shows those are pretty like, much like on the other end of the spectrum from hallmark that's true um
1: that is a great point yeah and is that what brad gravitates to like if you're gonna have a show together because that is 100 brandon hatmaker his yeah. shows are all, i wish he was in here right now they're yeah. all kind of Heavy and dark, a little bit gloomy, possibly violent. Right.
0: Which, by the way, how do you go to sleep after that?
1: that's exactly what i say
0: uh, how do you
1: uh, those <laughs> I, they lodge in my brain i dream I know, about me that too, stuff
0: me too and then i'm wired like i've just seen someone bludgeon to death or you know their head <laughs> head imploded that right. scene was horrendous and, and then totally. i have to go like sleep peaceful dreams
1: good night honey love you oh i know and i don't know about brad but brandon can just drop right off yes. in 40 seconds peace bye night, he's gone night. And I'm sitting there worried about the actual characters like they're in real life. Like, is this going to work out for her? And yeah, I prefer, I like to watch funny and breezy shows before I go to bed. Did you either say, I heard you say, or maybe you told me that you watch The Good Place?
0: Yes, I like that show a lot. I think it's really fun, easy to watch, cute. Uh Like, I'm I'm engaged. I want to know what's going to happen.
1: Exactly, Um, exactly. It's
0: fun and easy to watch.
1: That's the kind of stuff I want in my yeah, head right yeah. before I go to sleep. I just totally. interviewed um, for the podcast, Jameela Jamil who plays Tahani. Oh, he's
0: amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she was like, just telling me sort of what the, uh, the, the set is like and how, what a great cast it is. Yeah. That shows great. That's so sometimes Brent and I have to diverge at night. I can, I can binge, Game of Thrones type shows with him during the light of day. Mm, and so okay. that's a good Saturday. Well, for I us. can't,
0: we can't ever watch TV during the day. We just don't. Because usually there's like sports on, there's like baseball oh, yeah. or, or football or, you know, or we're outside.
1: Which you just endure, right? You're not a sports person.
0: Um, <sighs> truthfully
1: <laughs> <Just> be honest <laughs> just tell the truth
0: truthfully no no yeah
1: exactly you enjoy it's fine I do that's marriage yeah <laughs> yes. we just say okay I'm gonna be into this thing for your sake yeah. right now Although, but I'm not I, really here
0: I enjoy I enjoy watching what's happening to the Dodgers that's that's the team that we've picked that's Brad's uh-huh. team and so you know I hear about them all the time we've actually met some of them we've been to the game so I I care about it more when that's happened when totally. we're a little bit more invested you know
1: Right. When there's people and also life games are fun. That's just kind of a whole different deal than watching. Brandon can watch golf Mm -hmm. for hours and I am not interested and I don't get it and it's boring. And I'm, I'm like, is there anywhere else you can be doing this besides my house? Yeah. Um, so, okay, back, back to you, back to, back to, um, your work. So over your sort of career in movies and TV, I'm interested to hear your own kind of self-assessment, of of how you think you've evolved like from from the ballerina commercial I mean all the way to today and like what you've learned and how you've maybe shifted if you have yeah. and um what how you've grown forward um how do you kind of see the arc of your career and your skill set
0: well i recently in the last year i've started producing movies for hallmark and that's been really gratifying just yeah. to be in you know at the ground level to talk to the writer about the whole concept of a story and then see it come to fruition, give notes on it, weigh in on casting, and um, you know all of that stuff. I'm really enjoying so much. Um, I
1: love that for you. Yeah, I just—I mean, that's just completely different gear, right?
0: Yeah, and you know, the other thing I did, um, like, I directed a few episodes of According to Jim, and I, I directed a couple uh-huh. of shorts and so short films. And, um, so directing is another thing. I just, I do love being behind the camera a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Um, so, so that's something I think that I could, I can enjoy like into my older years when I don't want to worry about being in front of the camera and don't want to worry about how I look. And so so that's what, that's what I would like to see happen. And also, also the writing, you know, just, I
1: was going to ask you that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Focus on writing and, um, I mean, I still want to act, don't get me wrong. I'm, and uh-huh. I'm starring in those movies I'm producing, but it's, uh-huh. um, but it's just another component. Um, and I understand the business so well, I've been doing it since I was, you know, right. yeah, your 12. whole life, <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, so it's really something that I know and understand.
1: Do you have a, either like a type of role or a type of character or even a specific woman that you would love to play? Like when you've just put, kind of at the end of a road, thinking that is something I'd really love to do.
0: Not necessarily. Although my friend Susan and I always talk about um, our mutual friend, Susan Yagley always talk about wanting to um, we're, we're expecting to get our Oscar maybe when we're 80. (laughs) (laughs) Like like I want to be like a driving Miss Daisy kind of character, you know, I want to be like an acting grandma.
1: I actually like that. I don't know. I'm just watching from the outside, but it feels like I'd love to hear your take on this. For, from the outside, it seems like roles for women who are older and um, you know, not the not the 31-year-old actresses. It seems like those roles are growing and yeah. there's more opportunities than there used to be. 20 years ago when that was two roles a year worth noting
0: so for sure absolutely and especially in the tv space and then also i think i think with the the women's movement as it is right now there are more women directors and um women writers and women voices out there so that'll that'll be good for all of us women
1: Oh, I think so, too. I think that's that's just going to extend the longevity of everybody's career, really, yeah. like in front of the camera, behind the camera. I love the idea of more women um, in charge, more women writers, more women directors. And, and we are watching that. It's exciting. I love it because, <laughs> you know, Sydney, my Sydney is interested in all this she's interested in film and storytelling and that's Mm -hmm. what she's studying in college and to me as her mom I'm looking ahead to her future thinking it's pretty bright I mean there's just more and more opportunities kind of across the spectrum of film and journalism for women right now and so so I just applaud that I like and you're right because when women direct and write they tend to hire more women I mean it's just what they do
0: exactly and Um, for the crew and everything
1: Oh yeah, exact. Great point. Like, which is usually largely male oriented, right? Yes, the crew.
0: Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously you've done kind of it all movies, television, music videos, of course. Um, and across so many genres, um, you've shared the screen with some very talented people. I mean, you've just had really uh, like the one degree of separation between you and the people you work with. This is the list is so long. Um, <laughs> Do you have, do you have a favorite role that you've ever played? Do you have a favorite person that you ever acted with? And of course, you love them all, but uh, they're all delightful, and nobody's yes. weird. Yes. Um, but uh, what, what if you had to pick up a couple of favorite moments, characters, co-workers, co-actors? What would you say?
0: Well. Father the Bride will always be near and dear to my heart because that was the first – my first really big break. Sure. I mean, I mean Stood Up was really popular. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, more oh. people may have seen Father the Bride. Maybe. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, just that moment of like I was 19 and <clears throat> Diane Keaton was someone I'd always looked up to and all of a sudden there I was with Diane Keaton. It was just yeah. like a dream come true. Totally. Um and, and also just the legs that that movie has had. I mean, still like to this day, almost daily, someone comes <laughs> up to me and talks to me about Father of the Bride. It's true. So that movie will always have a special place in my sure. heart. Um, but then there's other ones, you know, um, there's ones where I met dear friends. And so mm-hmm. that's why I'm so glad I did that project or... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I like doing 10th kingdom, which was this mini series hmm. I did for NBC um, that has a little cult following, but also that was such a great adventure in my life. It was six months in Europe and we went through yeah. Alsace and all of, you know, filming in London for ages and then all over um, in, in country and castles. And, you know, it was just like the things I got to see um, during that job were amazing. So every single job has, has, had its own unique uh, good things and bad things of course um you know like i i wanted to quit a few times on 10th kingdom because it was so long (laughs) but but six months is kind of long yeah but looking back it was such a beautiful time in my life such an adventurous Mm -hmm. wonderful time so
1: Hey everyone, this is Jen breaking in for a quick minute to tell you about a great place to buy and sell fashion items. So my daughter, Sydney, our family's fashionista, turned me on to Poshmark and we love it. Poshmark has tons of name brands to shop from like Coach, Kate Spade, Lula Rowe, Gap, Zara, so many more. It's the easiest way to buy and sell fashion items and instead of paying crazy prices for new things... You can shop from millions of closets across America. It's such an easy, affordable way to enjoy your very favorite brands. Plus, shipping is fast and easy for both the buyer and the seller. We love it so much. We wanted to pass on a special deal to you, the listeners of the For The Love podcast. So when you join up at Poshmark.com and make your first purchase, you can get $5 off by using the code For the Love 5 so, head on over to poshmark.com or download the free app and save $5 today with the code for the love five. Okay, back to our show. Let's switch gears because another thing that you and I have in common and that I really love and admire about your career um, is your love of books and reading and writing. Um, mm-hmm. You're a big time reader. Mm-hmm. Um, When, when do you read, by the way, I know that you're always reading, you're always showing books online. Yeah. Do you have like a, what do you, how do you shoehorn that into your life?
0: Oh, I love it. I love reading. I love reading with my kids. Um, You know, I mentioned that they're homeschooled. So every morning I get up and this is how I wake them up is with a book. (laughs) And like, I just, oh, it's the best time right now. It's this like sweet spot before, like when they still want to be with me. And uh-huh. um, <clears throat> I pick up little Jasper. I can still carry yeah, him. I know. I'm like on the brink and I can still yes. carry him. I carry him into Huck's room. We all climb into his tiny little bed. And right now I'm reading him Robin Hood. So we, yeah. always, we always start the morning with just reading. Um, and I read a lot of middle grade books. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, then, and then I often have a book on tape that I'm listening to on Audible uh-huh. uh, you know, in the car. I, I get through books that way. And then, and then I always read right before bed. Yeah. Um, cause that, that does help me unwind from game of thrones. <laughs> <laughs>
1: totally. It's a bit of a detox. Yeah. Do you have like, what are your favorite genres to read personally?
0: I actually love middle grade. <laughs> Seriously. Huh? I mean, Listen, I know, say you the know truth. I, I do, I do love middle grade. Um, I love the stories there and I, I love sharing that with my kids. Um, and then I love memoirs. Um, me too. I, I just finished. Um, did you read educated Tara Westover? Yes. Book? Oh I just gosh. finished it. Wasn't that phenomenal. It
1: almost felt like fiction. It, it was did. so, it reminded me of the glass castle. Did you read that too? Yes.
0: I love the glass castle. Yeah. yeah
1: both. It's so similar. it just, the way that they write and describe their, their lives off the grid. Yeah. It just was so crazy. I, it felt like a fiction book amazing yes. and
0: then i went and looked it all up have you looked too. At, yes and like look at the pictures of, of the yep. family and the, and what they've done in that huge business that her family has and oh it's i did all that things crazy
1: crazy and a really good suggestion i love i love yeah. memoirs too
0: yeah and the other one um have you read small animals by kim brooks
1: no is it good
0: that one's really interesting too and it kind of um It kind of harkens back to what we were talking about earlier with what our parents let us do versus what we'll let our kids do. Uh So it's about um, Kim is um, a mother who left her son in the car in the parking lot of Target and ran in to get a pair of headphones for him. Uh And she was gone for five minutes. She could see him. The car was locked. Uh It was alarmed. And it was a nice day. It wasn't too hot. She came back out. Five minutes later, he was still sitting in the back. He was on his iPad. She got in the car and went home. And then when she landed, she was visiting her mom. And when she landed back in Chicago later that day, she had like five messages on her phone. The police were oh looking gosh. for her. And someone had videotaped her son being left in the car. Oh my gosh. So it's this whole book just looking at what parenthood has become now in this, this um culture of fear that surrounds it, this age of fear that we're in right now, where actually, statistically, kids are safer than ever. Mm. But the fear around the kids is higher than
1: ever. That's the truest thing. You know, that is so true. Like, by the numbers, the world is is less scary than it used to be, mm-hmm. but yeah, the narrative now that we have is so. I mean, we just clamped down. What's what was the name of that one again? It's called Small Animals. Okay, by Kim Brooks. Yeah, mm, that, just, that made my stomach clench a little bit. it just be so easy to be that mom.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's so it's really eye opening. It makes me feel better about choices I'm making, mm-hmm. you know, in ways that I can let
1: go a little bit more. Okay, good suggestions. Yeah. So, speaking of books. Um, One thing that people um, may or may not know about you is that you are an author and I guess it was two years ago maybe that it came out, you wrote the most wonderful book, so tender and poignant about your mom and the way your whole family sort of rallied with her and all the way through Alzheimer's, New York Times bestseller. Um, It was so good. You know I read it cover to cover and, and we've had a lot of Alzheimer's in our family too. Can you just talk a little bit about the book? about your mom, Linda, cause she was a real, she was something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like a real force. And then maybe like, do you have future plans for next more books? Yeah. So,
0: um, yeah, my mom was amazing. She was a fundraiser. She could ask anyone for millions of dollars and get it for a good cause. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she had a true talent there. She was a real adventurer, like just a, just a wonderful woman, um, and we had we had you know it's in some ways a typical mother daughter relationship. It wasn't perfect. Um, we had a really tough time with the dementia. It lasted as every yeah. family does, um, but uh, she was diagnosed in two thousand six, and um, and her first reaction was, "Don't tell anybody. Mm. <laughs> uh, Don't talk about it. You can't tell your friends. You know you've yeah. got to help me cover." And that was so tragic looking back because we really missed out on a lot of the support and resources totally. that we could have gotten, you know, by being honest about it. Mm-hmm. So when, the, yeah, I just decided to, for it started with an article that I wrote for Red Book Magazine. Um, and that was the first time I ever spoke about it publicly. And the article got so much traction mm-hmm. and everybody was coming out of the woodwork and talking to me about it and saying, thank you for sharing your story. All or right. I have a similar story yeah. or, you know. Um, this is what helped me. Can you give me more ideas on what helped you? and and I started talking about all the mistakes we made about you know not taking the car keys away from her soon mm. enough and and not having her not asking her to write up more of a plan for what she wanted for her life, um, you know, knowing what was coming and you know all of these things it did, taking care of my father as the primary caregiver supporting him. So I realized that there was a real need for a book like this and that our story could really help not only the people, in the community, in the dementia community, in the Alzheimer's community, but me, it could help me heal totally. from from all that was, all that had happened. Um, that I was still trying to process, and and writing about it really did help me process it and make mm-hmm. sense of it, and and then and then connect with people um, in a way that I hadn't been able to before.
1: Mm, I did. It It just landed. And and it's a community that f- you feel lonely inside of it until mm-hmm. you realize how big it is Yeah. and how many of us are touched in some way with dementia or, or Alzheimer's in our family. Yeah. But to your very good point, we don't find a lot of people talking about it. No. So it's this kind of private suffering and it's a long goodbye too, which is its own heartache. Yeah. And you're, you're writing on it you just laid all this pavement for all these conversations and you did it with a lot of tenderness and even humor. You managed mm-hmm. to work that in mm-hmm. and it just gave people a handle on it. And if in this sense of we're not alone in this and here are some things we could learn if we are kind of early in the journey and it was really great. You deserved Thank every you. bit of accolades that you got for that book. You're such a good writer. Do you, are you going to write again?
0: Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. Yes. Yes, I'm um, I'm actually writing a middle grade book right now. Um, <gasps> oh, you I, told me that. Yeah, because I yes. wanted to um, – I didn't want to do another memoir right away. That one mm-hmm. felt so vulnerable and totally. you know, empowering in so many ways, but I, I didn't want to go there again for a yes. while at, or ever
1: time for Um,
0: fiction yeah (laughs) and so i'm writing a really fun kids book and then but i have thought about doing maybe a companion um book for where the light gets in Mm -hmm. that could be um maybe like a a sort of journal for caregivers um support caregivers uh so I've, i've toyed with that and um And something like that may be coming.
1: Sometimes writing comes in big – I don't know if you're like this. I have friends who are able to block off, I'm going to go away for seven days and Mm -hmm. I'm going to write this, the brunt of a book. I don't know if you have that gear. I'm unable to do that.
0: I, I don't know how I would like physically be able to schedule seven days away.
1: Well, that's true too. I mean, my gosh, who who has seven days? If I have seven days, I want to go to Sonoma. Yes, um, and I don't want to work. No. So, yeah, I hear you on this. Let's um, let's talk about this because this is just, you know, this is you and I have so much love for this stuff. Yeah, um, one of my favorite things about you and Brad together, this is something you're both just so good at is, is how well you love other people and your heart for other people. And you just do so much good in the world. And nobody even hardly knows. I, I, I want them to know. So first of all, you and I, uh, were on Capitol Hill in mm-hmm. July mm-hmm. and we were advocating obviously for women and children and, mm-hmm. and global, um, funding for health around mm-hmm. the world. That was something right. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um, I thought it was too. Now, you'd been, of course, to Capitol Hill. I had not. No, and I've, so never, was... I've
0: never done anything like what we did. Oh, you had it? No.
1: <laughs> no you did I, the fun I... things, like the galas.
0: Uh, no, I mean I'd, I'd sat down with representatives locally in Nashville, yeah, but I'd never gone right. there to to the Hill, and that was that was it was kind of intimidating. It was One of intimidating. My favorite, can we tell the story about how you were sucking on the peppermint?
1: We sure can. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't, I did good. not belong there.
0: I have to <laughs> no, I have to preface this by saying that you and Brandon inspire us so
1: much, and that's how oh I first gosh, that's how yeah. I
0: first fell in love with you was reading your book Seven
1: and oh yeah that's right that was our that was our intro
0: and everything that you guys did and you know the image of you like walking up in in church and taking off your boots and giving them at the altar I mean you're just you're phenomenal people and yes you did belong there but there was this brilliant moment
1: (laughs) (laughs) and by the way it's the very end of the day and it had been a very long day we were
0: tired and it was raining yep you popped a peppermint in your mouth just as the woman – who were we meeting with? It was represented ooh, ooh, from – Texas. Texas, in Texas yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she turned to you and said, so, Jen, tell us uh-huh. about what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. you, and you tried really valiantly okay. for a while to talk with this hunking thing in your cheek.
1: I did, and finally I thought, I'm going to choke on this. I'm going <laughs> to suck it back, and somebody's going to have to heimlich me. So I finally just said – "I." Right, I'm sorry. And I grabbed a cup and just spit it right out like a you four-year-old. spit it out
0: in front of her.
1: In front of her. Like probably a little stream of slobber attached to it. <laughs> it was just so ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. That was one of the funniest moments of the day. Oh. I'm still laughing about that to this day. Okay. Yeah. Also, I mean, one thing—an amazing thing—that you guys do is you host this enormous fundraiser for Alzheimer's every year. It is so fun. Brandon oh, went to it you, last year.
0: Oh, you've got to come! It's oh, I know. So fun.
1: I was on the road, but Brandon was like, well, I'm going without you. Bye. (laughs) He loved it, had the best time of week, brought a lot of our legacy people. But what I want you to tell everybody about is your newest, latest, amazing thing um, that you and Brad are launching in Nashville. Can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah so
0: um this has been a passion project for us for the last probably 6 years um we we spent a lot of time out in Santa Barbara and there's this place called Unity Shop there that just was so inspiring to us so it happened one thanksgiving my kids our kids were just acting spoiled and we said this is ridiculous they need to they need to be grounded they need to give back we need uh-huh. to serve and we found Unity Shop and we showed up and they had like five different jobs that the kids could do that they could be trained in immediately and do and be useful, helpful, needed jobs. So they started by um, packing beans in bags and then they stacked those beans on the shelves nicely. And this was a yeah. beautiful grocery store. It was a community place. It would like it was warm and welcoming, and the and the food was in on the shelves just like you would see at Whole Foods or sure. Kroger. You know, they were. It was it was. Um, It was just a a nice, friendly, safe place for them to volunteer. And so I was grateful for that. But then I started to look deeper into what they were actually doing. They were having clients come in and shop like normal people. So Mm -hmm. instead of going to a food pantry or um, a shelter and getting a handout, which is also necessary a lot of Mm -hmm. the time, you need like a bag of food. But oftentimes, in that bag, there are items that people don't want or need. Exactly. So we loved the dignity aspect of it. And then yeah. the, the kids were in the store with their parents, seeing their parents make choices for their family, not yes. not going there for a handout. Exactly. So um, it was really Brad's passion. He just said, we have to do this in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time, we've been, the, the idea has been percolating. We've been getting wow. our ducks in a row. And, um, and we just you know sort of came out publicly a couple yeah. nights ago and told people about it and we're asking for help in the community to make this happen um we, so much has already lined up. We have, we're a 501 C3. We've got a fantastic board of people. We've got Jamie day from second harvest food bank on our board. Mm -hmm. She knows all about the the food needs in Nashville. And she's really excited about it because she said there aren't many places that do what you're attempting to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there are places where people can go in and pick the foods, but they don't really look like a, like a grocery store. Totally. they still kind of look industrial, you know?
1: Yes, you're gonna make a beautiful space that screams you are worth this amazing experience. You are worth making your own choices. Yeah. I just I there's not one bit of this I don't love. Do you already have the location? We
0: have the location. We're in partnership with Belmont University. Um, which is also fantastic because we're going to get all their students to come and volunteer. They've got nursing students and we're right next to their health clinic that they're launching. So I'm sure we're going to be sharing Uh comments. And the other thing about unity shop is um, in Santa Barbara, they, they enroll people in the program for a year, just so you can keep track of people, you know, and it, I think there you can come once a month, and we're not mm-hmm. sure yet how many times a month people will come to ours, or, you know, what we have to work out those details, but there, after people have been through the program for a year... Eighty percent of those people never come back again. Wow! Meaning meaning that they're on their own. Then they just needed, like, they just needed a little bit so that they could get that lease on the apartment, or you know what I mean? They could they could pay that, uh, pay off that car, so they could get to that job. You know, so it's like it's just like giving them a little bit of a stepping stone to bridge the gap.
1: You have perfectly described that. Like there are just, that is such the plight of so many working poor. They are working. They're working two jobs. They're working three jobs sometimes. And, but just a simple series of like disadvantages can take you so out. And then you can, you just need someone to help you bridge the gap. And, um, and the truth is that's what everybody wants. They want their own dignity. They want to be financially solvent. They want to be financially independent. Mm -hmm. Um, and so providing this for them in the interim where it, it restores some hope It's just so good. I, I'm so proud of you guys and so excited about this. And um, we've been hearing you talk about it and you're just, I know that this is a lot of work to get off the ground, but what a great example you are setting. I'd love to see this duplicated in other cities.
0: I would too. Absolutely. That's our hope. And, and, I think in partnering with a university I think it's a great way to go because we have all of those resources of the university and so if anyone's considering doing it mm-hmm. you know anywhere else in the country that's that's the way I would go about it because we smart. also want to have an educational component we want people you know with diabetes to go in and see see oh yeah these are foods that would be useful for you you know
1: really um, smart and then
0: we want eventually we'd love to have like a job training area and and things like that
1: oh yeah the 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 ideas are endless here. How yeah. much capacity you could build around this once you've got the space and the mm-hmm. the crew and the volunteer base. Yeah. And I mean, this could just this could develop for the next 15 years yeah. into something really just extraordinary and broad. And anyway, I'm I'm thrilled about it. I'm so happy for Nashville. What you. a wonderful you. gift you're you are to the city. Um Okay, well, you just, what are you working on now? Let's just, we're about to land this plane. What are you, what are you doing? Where can people find you on their TVs right now?
0: Yeah, well, actually, the third Daryl and Darrow is coming out on Hallmark Movies right. and Mysteries. So that's coming out. And then on Thanksgiving, I have a Netflix Christmas movie coming out called Christmas Chronicles with Kurt Russell. And um, it's so fun. And um, the trailer for that will be out soon. I play a mom in that. So I'm, it's not a huge part, but it's really fun. And it's a, it's a fun Action Christmas film.
1: I will watch them both. Yeah. I will record them. I will send you texts. Okay, good. That's just I like. I, I one time we were watching. Um, what is the name of it? Oh, we're Mar- We're Marshall. Yes. And I needed to stop and screenshot you in the stands cheering with. <laughs> was it January?
0: Yes, January, January Jones. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It's so fun. I like. I like you to know when I'm watching you on TV. I- um, <laughs> So here are three just quick questions we're asking everybody in the TV series. Uh, what was your favorite TV show as a kid?
0: Charlie's Angels. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. never missed an episode.
1: Oh my gosh. I just had so much feelings wash over me when you said that. (laughs) Uh, We parked our butts in front of the TV and we we ate and breathed and drank Charlie's Angels. The best. The best. Before you came to Hollywood, um, uh, who was your, I have to work with them someday actor.
0: Diane Keaton.
1: Oh, well, gosh, <laughs> you hit your goals too soon.
0: I know. Well, my other one, my other one's Meryl Streep. So I still have oh, a ways well, to go.
1: Of course. Yeah. She's the queen. Yeah. She's uh, Diane Keaton is the queen. Yes. She just, their careers are so f- amazing to watch. Um, oh, yeah. and here's just a twist on our question that we always ask from Barbara Brown Taylor. Um, do you have a TV show that is saving your life right now? Let's even just say it's giving me some life.
0: Yeah, I mean, Game of Thrones is is yeah. pretty awesome right now. That's your favorite kind, character. Something I look forward to. Um, you know, I love Arya. I love the little oh, yeah. girl who's yeah. who's finding herself and learning learning how to be on her own, and um, you know, grappling with who she wants to be.
1: Mm, i can't wait for you to keep watching really <laughs> um, just, just keep on going girl um okay i'm well, not gonna
0: regret that i'm probably gonna No, you're not it.
1: you're just you've picked a good character uh, to, you know who else like, i
0: love i love the mother of dragons of course
1: of course I mean,
0: she's yeah she's yeah. amazing
1: yeah she is her character is really something mm-hmm. um so listen thank you for being on today. I just, I am so crazy about you. And I just, I love who you are. I love what you're doing. I love your work, but I really just love your soul. So I'm so happy we became friends. I'm so lucky. Um,
0: Too. That's actually one good thing about social media is that's how I met you. That's right. (laughs) It makes me happy.
1: Okay, sister, sending you all of our love from Austin. Thanks for being on the show today.
0: Thank you for having me. Talk to you soon.
1: I love her. I love her. It is so fun and easy to be around Kim. Um, and listen, I highly value fun and easy these days. Please give me a friend that is fun and easy and I will make you mine. She's just as good as you think and smart and interesting and talented and good hearted. And I just am so happy to be her friend. And Proud of her work and so glad to bring her to you today because I know you love her too. I mean, we've loved her for so long. She is like our generation's gym. So everything we talked about, you guys, I will have over on the transcript at jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab, all of um, Kim's movies and shows where you can find her on social media. She's great on social media, by the way, if you're not following her, um, it will just make you happy. Don't you want to follow somebody that will make you happy? She's the one. Um, and and link to her new projects and initiatives that we talked about. So all things Kim Paisley will be over at jenhatmaker.com And I'm so glad she was on today. You guys, this series is so off the hook. Uh, I am just, this is me pinching myself that I get to talk to these amazing, amazing people in the entertainment industry. You are not going to want to miss next week. I promise you that. We have some of the most outstanding actors um, around on the show for this series and you know how much I love TV so I kind of wish this was going to go on for a hundred years um, thanks for joining me thanks for tuning in every single week you are the most loyal listeners I can't even handle it and thank you for sharing our podcast with your friends and subscribing it's just fabulous we it's just our joy to serve you so on behalf of me and my producer Laura and her crew and Amanda my partner and assistant we are just it's we love we love this we love bringing to, this to you week in and week out and we appreciate you so much. Guys, have a fabulous week and I'll see you next time. Hey guys. We're back for another segment of Jen's Favorite Things. So this is the part of the show where I share about some wonderful companies that are producing amazing products and giving back to charitable organizations and really worthy nonprofits. Plus, they have exclusive discounts and extras just for you, our podcast listeners. So here are today's favorites. Raise your hand if you'd like a cozy and inviting home with less stuff. Michael and Smith... You may know her as the nester on social media, is the queen of cozy. Her new book, Cozy Minimalist Home, has so many practical ways to transform your home into a cozy, livable space. You can buy Cozy Minimalist Home right now on Amazon or wherever you get your books. Looking for a treat to serve at the holidays? Nutty Snacks are all-natural snack mixes that are gluten-free and grain-free, Vanilla, cinnamon, chocolate peanut. There's a nutty snack for every taste. And just for our listeners, get a limited edition for the love snack mix for free that I picked out just for you with any purchase. So go to nuttysnacks.com and use the code for the love at checkout. Bear Soaps offers all-natural soaps and candles that support women in India with fair wages. Bear has gorgeous gift sets to make giving even more special this holiday season. And just for our listeners, you can get 15% off your purchase with the code Hatmaker 15 So head over to bear-soaps.com and use the code Hatmaker 15 That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.